Hello and welcome to Switchbacks, a travel podcast where we reflect on our year visiting all 59 U.S. national parks. Whether you're planning to visit your very first park or you bleed gray and green, we're here to share our insights on exploring, understanding, and loving America's best idea. Thanks for tuning in. Today we're sharing two of our long backpacking trips in the national parks. We are recapping our time in Grand Canyon and Isle Royale National Parks. Have we pulled ourselves together? I think so. <laughs> we haven't done this in long in a long time. Long, Guys, we're back. Long time. And missed two weeks, so sorry about ya. And we're stale. Yeah. Uh, rusty took us three tries to record the intro because some little miss giggles over here uh couldn't keep it together it's not my fault yeah i would look at you which is totally outside (laughs) the scope of human interaction it's really funny (laughs) yeah (laughs) i guess i can just cause people Uh, to burst into laughter with the slightest with your face look no, it's because I look at them all funny-like, because I'm a funny person. Yeah. <laughs> You're a funny person. Okay. Uh, so I actually got to visit a national park, a new national park, a week ago. In a new country. That's right. I left Elizabeth in the dust back here in Missouri and went to India. So that is why we have not recorded in a while, is because I have been across the globe. And very busy. Yeah. So, even when you're here. Yeah, school started back up, the MBA program, which we probably talked about last time too, but uh, this trip was for my program, and we I'm part of a, an organization that... It sends different consulting teams all around the globe, and I'm one of the leaders slash advisors for a few different teams, and one of them was working with a nonprofit uh, in India. So got to accompany them, and it was really cool. Uh, the India, it would never been either of us, so it's... Still haven't. <laughs> <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> Super okay. crowded. Uh, super congested traffic. The food is fantastic. The um, people are very nice, and it's a vibrant culture. But one of my favorite things, besides uh, going on a tour of one of the slums, actually, which was incredible, this this one slum had a million people living in it. It's the densest in Asia. It's called Dharavi. And they have fantastic tours. This reality tours organization gives uh, 80% of their profits to community development projects. So anyway, that's just a tangent on an organization and a tour I thought were fantastic. Uh, Love to see tourism making a difference like that. But the second day that I had outside of the client work was spent at... Sanjay Gupta, or no, Sanjay Gandhi National Park, basically in the middle of Mumbai, Mumbai, uh, also known as Bombay, where I went, and it is, um, it it was really a a nice wooded area, a really necessary refuge from the chaos of the streets and the city. But the coolest thing they have by far are the Buddhist caves that are just carved uh, in all different types of rooms in to the mountainside. And there are over 100, like 140-something. And it was really cool to just wander around the mountain and run into these caves, see a bunch of monkeys, see uh, just walk all around. Um Loved it. Always, you can't go wrong with a national park no matter where you, you are. You really can't. The whole concept is, which we, of course we learned a lot about the whole concept of the, na- the, you know, the national park idea starting in, in the U.S. Um, and it's, 
everywhere we go, they, you know, every country does it slightly different, but pretty much you know that you're going to get um, a protected wildlife area. And it's it's one of our favorite things to do whenever we go to a different country. I think we've hit tried to hit a national park every single country we've been to. I'm not sure yeah. if we've gotten to all of them. But we, you know, we went to a national park in Thailand. We went to one in... Um, Belize. In Belize. A few, actually. In Argentina. Argent- yep. And then there was one other one in Cambodia, I think. Was it Cambodia? Had some maybe? national parks or Vietnam. that we went to. Yeah. My son, maybe both. I think, was in a... Or my son was in a oh, national yeah, park. Oh, yeah, with all the Hindu temples. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, I, one last thing on... on in. Uh, on the national park in india the safari there was a safari that they talked about that you could do within the national park so of course i'm like nothing like that at home i gotta go you can see lions and tigers i'm in so i went and i i could tell by my first clue uh, that it might not be you know 100 percent uh, up to my expectations was that it cost a dollar, um, <laughs> but you got on this big bus and they took you into the gate and then you drove past this cage of one lion and then uh, another lion in the cage right next to it. And they were big cages, so it's not like they're being, um, you know. Uh, abused or anything and then the same for the the tigers just in uh, a big cage and uh we just so it's like a zoo but worse (laughs) right (laughs) a zoo but you can't walk past the cages you have to drive in a bus with a bunch of um other people yeah anyway india was not on my list before i'll be honest about that but it was i would love to go back to a different part of india probably up north where some of the mountains are it has some crazy gorgeous wilderness up there and i it's right next to nepal which borders nepal which i would love to go to it's on my list yep himalayas might have to come with you this time um we'll see We'll see if you are invited. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What do we got in store today, Elizabeth? Okay. So we are, so like we said in our intro, we're going to be talking about long hikes, long walks. Um, And so for for your quiz today, for your parks in the news quiz, it's not really in the news again. It's just a fun quiz. Stop reading it. I'm not. I was disfocusing. Hater. My, no, I was unfocusing my eyes. Not All right. Disfocusing. Any win is now rendered useless. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so I thought we would. Just I would in case give you, you a can't quiz. fully embarrass me. I thought I would give you a quiz about the two most famous long hikes in the U.S. that travel through some national parks. So your quiz is called AT or PCT. I'm going to read a statement. You have to tell me if it refers to the AT, the Appalachian Trail, um, or the PCT, the Pacific Crest Trail. Sounds like AT and PCT could be blood tests, you know? Okay. Negative five <laughs> points to start for that. <laughs> okay. Here we go. First, the first one is an easy one. Ready? This trail travels through 14 states. Yeah, well, that's got to be the AT because it's in the east. And the states are little there. Yep. All right, that was your tiny baby. That was your layup. All right, here's here's another one. the The longest stretch without water, waterless stretch, is thirty three point five miles. Okay. Um, Well, I would imagine that's the PCT because it has a stretch in the southern portion that goes through some desert. And Cheryl Strayed and her crazy, uh, I guess I watched the movie of whatever. Wild? Wild, yes. I was going to let you struggle with that for a second, (laughs) but I figured I shouldn't. I was thinking like wilderness things or... Yeah, that's what her... You know, famous book is called <laughs> Wilderness Things. Okay, anyway. what is your what is your answer? Uh, the PCT. Okay, you got it right. Yeah. Let's move okay. on. All right, it's a tradition that you would appreciate. 
to eat a half a gallon of ice cream at the halfway point what of this trail nobody ever told me that we have to go hike now um no i would i would say it's gotta be uh appalachian trail because it's probably like in the pennsylvania or something where there are some um amish people and they make really good homemade ice cream so that's okay. my my hypothesis. I don't, I don't know if your logic is correct because I didn't <laughs> look that much into this fun fact. But yes, it's the AT. Good yes. job. Yes. Okay. I'm at negative two points. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bear canisters are required for parts of the trail. I would say that's definitely the PCT because there are bears on both. Um, mostly black bears on both, but in California, they're a lot more pesky. Correct. PCT is correct. All right, this one is longer than the other. That is... Currently, as of 2016, because the mileage... Oh. Or 2017, because the mileage always changes Shoot. year to year. Which one is longer? Well, I know the AT is 2,200 miles mm-hmm. because I just looked it up. I don't know how long the PCT is. The AT kind of goes in a You dia- kind of just made it look sound like you were cheating. You looked it up before oh. as we were planning the podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm typing it in right now. <laughs> the, the AT goes in a diagonal, you know, from Georgia to Maine. But the PCT goes basic, pretty straight from the bottom of California up to Washington. So my guess is the PCT, uh, very hesitantly. Correct. It's yes. about 2,650 2, miles. And it actually goes about eight or nine miles, I think, into Canada. Wow. So from Mexico to Canada. Better bring your passport. Yeah, I guess so. All right, here's your last one. 87% of people travel from south to north on this trail. Ooh. Um, I, w- I would definitely say the PCT because of uh, you have to hit it just right going through the mountains and especially up like in Oregon and Washington. By the time you're up there, it has to be uh, fall, essentially. And I know in the AT, there's a pretty, much more even split between northbounders and southbounders. Uh, your logic is solid, but you're wrong. What? So I was surprised to hear that no. 80%, I think it's probably more for the PCT, because I think everyone goes from south to north. Interesting. On the PCT, almost everybody, I think, okay. because of what you said, because of the, you have to get through the snow at a certain amount, or at a certain point in time. Um, you have to travel through the desert earlier. Um, it's a much more diverse landscapes. It's much more, the, the terrain changes a lot more than in the AT. Um, but yeah, the AT, so most people still, 87% travel from south to north. Is according that... to the statistics I looked up. <laughs> Where'd you get these statistics? Uh, from various sources. Okay, reputable, I'm sure. Maybe. Is that it? Reputable enough. That's it. So you got some right, and you still ended up with negative one points. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Good job. (laughs) Anything else about the AT or the PCT that you'd like to add? I don't want to hike either of them. (laughs) No. I'm okay. I think I'm okay in my life without... I would super admire people who do, though. Oh, yeah. Our friend just did, who we met yeah. on, on the National we Parks trip. We met him trip. in Biscayne National Park, and he just finished his uh, trip all the way through the AT. Yeah, way to go, Michael. Yeah, You're no a beast. Uh, and then we just read about a couple that finished it with their baby, too, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, man, I couldn't imagine doing it alone and then you're taking your baby and you have to bring them into all those shelters with all those stinky guys i know i don't even want to go in those shelters with all this i slept in those shelters with all the stinky at guys and it was not fun but then maybe they snored i'm not used to that a baby would be such a good conversation piece right 
good conversation starter. I'm not looking to have more conversations. <laughs> That's the only reason why I want a kid is because you can, <laughs> you can network so much more easily. <laughs> because... I'm so sad right now. <laughs> Because okay. that's what MBA school is all about, right? Networking. <laughs> She's gagging. Um, anyway, shall th- we move on to our topic today? Yeah, uh, sure. Before you, before well, you keep talking about networking, and I plan a trip that's five thousand miles away from here, so uh, I don't have to talk <laughs> about networking. Okay. Let, let, yeah. Let's start on our parks. Okay. So, topic this week, we're talking about long walks. So we are talking about a few different big trips that we planned well in advance um, for two different parks we visited during our year in the parks. Um, these, like we said, we, we plan them out ahead of time because like we've talked about in previous podcasts, some things just take preparation. You can't always wing it. So these were two times when we didn't wing it. We did sort of, we had to sort of improvise at the Grand Canyon. But let's go ahead and start by talking about um, overall pros and cons of these long backpacking trips. Sure. So pros gets you deeper into the parks. No question about that. It can get you into places that you couldn't get to otherwise because you can't drive there. So the only way is... Like the bottom of the Grand Canyon. There you go. <laughs> Perfect example. You can only get there hiking or a mule um, so it, it, that's just su- super cool because I, I don't know, it's just something about being in the middle of, of wilderness where, where you're not, uh, surrounded by anything. Like you can't even worry about civilization if you wanted to, you can't get out if you wanted to. So hopefully you're prepared and don't get hurt but uh, I don't know I love being uh, knowing that I'm in the middle of of the wilderness and just completely surrounded by peace and quiet and solitude mm-hmm. it's also some a good chance to check off some of those big I know we're like all about big bucket list items but it's it's a chance to do something super epic um, like the two hikes that we talked about that we're going to talk about today it's also a more unique some most of the time it's tends to be more unique visiting experience than you know doing front country trail shorter trails and overlooks and scenic drives that almost all visitors do it's just a chance to have a unique experience so if that's your thing those are some upsides to planning a long backpacking trip Basically, you get an incredibly immersive experience in a very narrow slice of the park. Yes. That's always how we felt about backpacking, is that it's... It's depth, not breadth. Exactly. And whereas front country, you can do, you know, 10 different things in a day and see, you know, so many different pieces of a park, but it's just surface level. You know, you see a broad view... Uh, and you look over, you know, 10 miles of wilderness, but in the backcountry, you are hiking through those 10 miles of wilderness. Mm-hmm. It's almost close. like forcing yourself to slow down. And that's that was a challenge for us sometimes. We, we tend to travel really fast. We drive, we pack a lot into our days um, when we're not backpacking. So when we are backpacking, it's a time when we're like forced to just walk. We can't go any faster. Um, we know that we, you know, we have to get to a certain place that day, but that's about it. So we're, we look around more, we stop more, we like just appreciate the little things more. So those are all pros of long backpacking trips. There are some cons though. That's right. So like we just said, it can dominate your time in the park. It can, you know, the, the reason why we didn't do more backpacking is because, if we were, it was going to be, you know, three days at a time. And when you only have four days at most, you know, sometimes we only had three days, it would be the only thing we could do. So mm-hmm. when we were trying to get this comprehensive view of each park, a lot of the times we couldn't 
devote such a huge chunk of it to backpacking. Right. It's also just out of some people's wheelhouse, backpacking. It's challenging. It's hard. It's It takes a lot of effort. Sometimes the weather doesn't cooperate. Sometimes... Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes uh, terrain isn't what you want it to be. Sometimes there's snow in your way. Um, just unpredictable Sometimes you elements. Get lost. The Sometimes map you don't even want to start. Isn't comprehensible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like we did a couple times. Sometimes you're fighting. You also have to have certain supplies, so it's not it's not easy to just wing it all the time. You have to be prepared. You have to know what you're doing. You have to you know have a stove, and you have to have. Um, proper footwear and sometimes you have to have trekking poles and tents and so you it does take a little bit more effort um, to plan a trip a backpacking trip in the parks also permits i didn't put that on the list but logistics just logistics of planning a trip is kind of daunting for some people i think some people would rather just wing it and show up roll up to a park and start hiking and not have to think about it but if you want to execute a really effective backpacking trip in national parks specifically, it does take um, special permits and logistics. Right. You could maybe get away with that with national forests or recreation areas. Mm-hmm. National parks being so popular these days, not as easy. Correct. You got to think ahead for those permits. Where is that, by the way, the place in the U.S. that is... The farthest from any roads. It's in Sequoia. Right. California. So in California, Sequoia National Park, just in the uh, Sierra Mountains, Sierra Nevada Mountains. Yeah, I think right? it's along the JMT. Yes, that's it's right. The, it's the furthest point that you can walk to on a trail that's, fur- that's furthest from any road in the lower 48. Not, I mean, yeah, not counting right. Alaska, but in the lower 48. So there's lots of wilderness in the in the parks for sure to be explored. Yeah, so that's something cool that I always think about. I want to get to that point at some point. I know you do. But we'll talk about JMT <laughs> later. Now, let's hit the Grand Canyon. First park, Grand Canyon. It was funny when we were talking about this podcast because Cole said, I feel like we've had a podcast about the Grand Canyon already. And... We have talked about it several times because it's been a part of a lot of our top 10 lists, but we have not quite hashed out all the details about our experience in the whole Grand Canyon. Right. So we'll hit first the long walk since that's our whole topic today. So the long walk we did in the Grand Canyon. And we, again, talked about this uh, at least on one other episode where we talked about the top 10 backpacking hikes or long overnight hikes or whatever it was uh so in the grand canyon the main thing we did uh out of our five and a half or so days there was hike rim to rim to rim so we did 25 miles from the south rim to the north rim and then 25 miles back from the north rim to the south rim you know we'd are tempted to say it's because we were such champs and um, hiking beasts, but really a large part of it was just because how expensive it was to get the shuttle from the North Rim when you were done with your rim to rim back to the South Rim. So we just decided, let's go ahead and just hike that back because it's 75 it's only an extra $25 miles it's only an extra double elevation gain um yeah I'm super glad we did it the way we did it I think we got to experience several lots of, because of how we staggered our mileage we got to experience all different campsites within the um within the canyon we got to see a lot I mean we got to double see the corridor trail the famous and I think we chose the Corridor Trail because neither of us had hiked. Well, you had hiked in the Grand Canyon with your family before. Um, I was a newbie. But we wanted to do something that was just very classic Grand Canyon. And so for this big, you know, 50-mile trip, we wanted something to be sort of predictable. So we went with the Corridor Trail, which we know is – we afterwards we were surprised at kind of how cushy it is. Um, it's got – several bathrooms along like pit toilets along the way it has several water like fresh water sources 
Um, so you don't actually have to be like a super lightweight, what am I trying to say, ultra light um, professional hiker in order to have a good experience on the corridor trail. Now I will say you have to be smart and you have to have lots of water and you have to know that hiking in the canyon is a lot hotter than hiking out on the rim of the Grand Canyon. So be prepared, but I think it's a good trail for beginners um, and people who are just interested in, you know, diving into the backpacking of the Grand Canyon. It was really good for someone who had never been there, but like me. Our trip, basically, we started at the South Kaibab, on the South Kaibab Trail. We hiked down. Now, that was for sunrise. That We, we yes. started before sunrise, we so started that was kind at, of like, a cool four, beginning. Four, in the fours, I think. <laughs> yeah, we hopped on a shuttle. Got the early shuttle. Which is really convenient. It took us from wherever we were parking in the backcountry um, lot to the trailhead and we were with a bunch of other people but uh, they were all basically going to they the first mile about a and a half mile and a half down yeah. so we we passed them we saw lots of great overlooks of the sunrise had an amazing morning hiking down to the Colorado River um, which is about seven and a half miles then we hiked another seven or so miles um, past Bright Angel, past Phantom Ranch, um, up to Cottonwood Campground. That was the first night. So it was about 14 miles um, on our first day, which was a lot, but most of it, half of it was downhill, half of it was fairly flat, not too, not too um, much elevation gain. It was a hard day, I would say, but it, was, it wasn't bad. So the second night, the second day, we hiked from Cottonwood up to the North Rim campground. So that was about seven or so miles straight up um, to the North Rim. We camped at the North Rim campground, which we had reserved ahead of time online. So that was very helpful to have. Um, didn't need a permit for it, a backpacking permit, but we needed, we had a, a reservation, which I would highly recommend. And the North Rim was a lot less crowded. It was just a more relaxed atmosphere. It was really cool once we got our camp set up and everything to just walk around the rim trail and just really, I don't know, relax. Um, the Well, you know, we missed the craziest story maybe of our whole mm -hmm. uh, trip. So on the second day, we were hiking, you know, from Cottonwood Campground down to or up the trail to the North Rim. And we came, went, stopped off on this side uh, spur to Roaring Springs. It was kind of a nice spring slash uh, cascade at one point in the canyon that it was a good rest point. Um, just as we were getting back on the trail, we saw these people coming down towards us. And I kept looking at this one person as she was coming down, and I couldn't place her but she looked so familiar and it was one of those things where you see somebody so out of context and so out of your uh, expectations that it, you just can't comprehend them but it was a really good friend of mine from Mizzou where Elizabeth and I went to college and met and she was randomly with um, two other of her friends in not just in uh, the Grand Canyon, but on the same trail that we had only seen two other people on that whole day, and we just happened to run into her, had no idea she was even in the state of Arizona, but she was coming back uh, through the Grand Canyon on her way uh, back from biking across America, apparently, so we had not kept up well enough to know anything <laughs> about what each other was doing. But uh, Elizabeth was great friends with her because they played ultimate frisbee together uh, at college as the, on the club team, and it was so cool just to run into her, then to have meet up with her later that night and just sit around the campfire and catch up. Um, probably the craziest coincidence of our whole trip. Definitely is is randomly running into her, a good friend from from college. Yep, in the middle of the Grand Canyon. 
Yeah. It's mm-hmm. funny. We were at the South Rim with all of the people, and we're like, if we're ever going to see anyone from our hometown, I think we said that the day before. We that s- was so crazy, too. I we couldn't were like, believe that. We were like, we're going to see him here at the Grand Canyon because there's so many people at the South Rim. There's like from all walks of life. We're going to we're like, we're going to run into somebody we know here at the South Rim. Well, what we actually were talking about, I think, was we were just, you know, wondering aloud about a ton of stuff throughout because you have tons of times to think out loud when you're hiking. But we were wondering if we're ever going to during our whole trip meet somebody randomly that we actually knew. And then literally the next day, mm-hmm. we ran into somebody that we knew totally by chance. Yeah, it was uh, great. Yeah. I love when those things, when you just feel like you're in the right place at the right time. Yep. So anyway, North Rim Campground was amazing, very relaxing. We went, spent a little bit of time at the North Rim Lodge, relaxing. The only downside was, remember how I got in like a three-mile run that day? I do. I remember that. So... I feel like we need, to, we need to first sum up our trip and then talk about logistics because... Okay. Logistics are a whole other thing that we haven't gotten into yet. Sounds So good. then North Rim, day three... We hiked from the North Rim down to all the way to Bright Angel, which is about, which was maybe the hardest day for me, I think. The the hardest on my feet because we hiked all the way down seven, you know, seven miles straight down into the canyon and then another seven miles. It was all downhill, but it felt like so long. It just felt forever. So it's about 14 miles total into Bright Angel camp- campground. Um, it, which was nice because it's right on a creek and you can, we soaked our feet a little bit and washed up a little bit. Um, dipped and that our, felt really good. Dipped our banana, ban- bananas, <laughs> bandanas in the water. <laughs> our, our, uh, hats and not our bananas. We, we dipped our, that'd be weird. We dipped our buffs in the water all the time, not just there. Well, yeah. We refreshed our, our – that's like one of the best tips for staying cool in the Grand Canyon is to constantly soak your your uh, headband. Anyway. I loved – my best tip is go into um, the Ribbons Falls on your way onto between Cottonwood and Bright Angel. Mm-hmm. Just one of my favorite waterfalls Definitely. ever in this little – um, I don't know, grotto. Oasis. Yeah, yeah, oasis. That's the good word for it. Yeah, so then on our fourth day, Bright Angel, climb up the Bright Angel Trail. So we went down the South Kaibab Trail, up the Bright Angel Trail, um, back up to the South Rim, and that was about nine and a half miles from Bright Angel Campground. So it was a little further. It was a little less steep. Um, it was a lot more developed, so it was a lot more crowded. Um, definitely passed a lot of people coming back up that we felt like they had no idea where we've been like (laughs) we had been in the canyon for four days so it felt good awesome to finish it was a huge accomplishment and yeah four days rim to rim to rim pretty awesome booked it to a chinese buffet we did that disappointing kind of let us down (laughs) yeah very disappointing. So don't trust the Chinese buffets in Page, Arizona. I think there's probably only one. Yeah. Anyway, um, so overall, our hike was one of the best things we did on our whole year. I think it's one of the most memorable things we did on our whole year. My sister got to go with me, which was just added to the experience. Um, we all three of us got to share a tent for, <laughs> for oh, three yeah. nights. A backpacking tent. A small tent, which was fun. Um, yeah, so let's talk a little bit about how you can hike in the Grand Canyon, in Grand Canyon National Park. So if you want to hike somewhere like Havasupi, Havasupai, Havasu, whatever, Havasu Falls, um, it's slightly different. It's, well, it's very different, uh, permit system, but because it's not in the National Park. So this, we're, this is just going to be pertaining to the National Park. Right. So basically, they have a lottery that you can enter. I think it's three months before the month, the first day of the month of your hike. So that's kind of confusing, but it's at at least three months before 
on the first day of the month that you have to be thinking So we say we were hiking this. in September. Yeah. We would have applied. Whatever, the, June 1st? June 1st. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we did not do that in time, I don't we think. Got, we, we applied. We didn't get it. Okay. We, we got applied, a rejection. didn't get the lottery. Letter in the mail because that's how they do it. You have to apply by mail or fax only yeah. there's no online system and then they send the response by mail, by mail which is uh, baffles me <laughs> anyway so we found out that we did not get a permit a lottery permit um ahead of time so our our option was to show up to the reservation office right when it opened the day two days i guess the a full day before we wanted to leave on our trip um and hope for some open walk-in permits yeah and it was lucky because we had a few days before we were scheduled to leave uh, a few days in on the south rim before we were scheduled to drop into the canyon and do our hike so that meant we had one day where we could basically go to the office and get a voucher for our spot in line that we could use for the next day and get like first in line for that day because we had been previously and then on that day get the permit for the following day the immediate following day so it's all confusing just read about it read up about it online before yeah, you do before read you up. go it helps a lot if you're flexible which we weren't very flexible but it also helps if you have a few days beforehand um, at least two where you can go and get uh, you can go and get a line voucher. We were like maybe third in line the uh, for our day and we got a spot for the first night of our trip, which is awesome. The really crappy part was that they would not give us a spot for the, bright angel campground for coming back on our third night so essentially we would have they told us we had to go to the north rim campground and only there could we reserve a spot for the bright angel campground which would be the next day all complicated all confusing that i feel like they should have been able to work it out for us but when we got to the North Rim campground day two of our trip, basically they said, sorry, we're out of spots. And at that point we were, you know, totally separate from our car. We didn't want to stay a whole other night at North Rim. We contemplated going from the rim to rim in one day. Yeah. Which would have been a terrible decision, I think. <laughs> Considering that was the hardest day was day three. So we, we did a lot, of, yeah, we considered a lot of options. Essentially, we had made a friend along the trail, and we found out that that friend was doing the same exact route as us because he was with us the very first day, standing in line to get the walk-in permits. But he had managed to get a spot at Bridal Angel Campground. So that we basically begged him to let us join his camp, site and set up our the second tent in that site which he was more than happy to do he was an awesome guy you know just doing a solo hike from vermont i believe or connecticut he wasn't hiking from connecticut yeah <laughs> he, was, a long he drove hike. from connecticut and hiked the grand canyon anyway the, the point here is don't it helps to network <laughs> yeah, exactly i'm so glad <laughs> To hear you say that, I am so proud of you. <laughs> uh, no, you can, you know, when the parks are making you jump through hoops, rely on each other, your fellow visitors, and they can lend you a hand. Yeah, definitely make friends because that, it, it very much paid off for us. We were considering, like, we had a lot of, we had some other options, but... It would have, like, we could have stayed at the North Rim one extra day, probably, and tried to wait for another permit. Um, but it, this was best. And um, so, yeah, it all worked out. Just the, We were worried a little bit, but the, it all worked out fine. The funny part is that when we were trying to get to the permit office and we figured out that they didn't have any permits left, I had to run and track down this friend of ours 
in the North Rim campground where he was also staying. He had just gotten out of his shower. So I like ran to his tent and said, can we join your campsite? And then he had to like hurry up and get dressed and everything and basically run over to the permit office with me because it was closing in 10 minutes and he just said go on ahead you don't wait for me because he's an older guy and couldn't and he had necessarily just run along the Grand with me Canyon. yeah right so i ran ahead and got to the permit office like um two minutes before they closed and pleaded with them to stay open for another two minutes after they were supposed to close so he could get there and Finally, we were able to work it out to where he basically had to be there to give permission to get added on to his permit, our tent, so they knew that there were ten, two tents allowed to be there for that one night. But we followed the rules. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it's a lot of rules you have to it put is. up with in the Grand Canyon. But they do come by. Like you can't. We wouldn't have been able to get away with it because they do come by and check every single spot every single tent that's there who's supposed to be there how many people are supposed to be there so it's very highly regulated along the corridor trail um, especially at bright angel campground so don't i mean don't get into a situation where you're breaking the rules you can usually find a way to still follow the rules and uh and have a good experience Especially, That's my motto. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially with Miss Goody Tushy's teacher over here. Hey. Uh, it all so worked out. It did all work out. You weren't the one who had I didn't to, have run to run. That's what I'm saying. Back it all and worked forth, out. <laughs> back and forth across North Rim Campground. You should have seen me. I was just running uh, all over the place. It was At the one longest... point, I tried to hitchhike. Uh, because I didn't think I was going to be able to get back to the campsite in time to try and get my our friend back to the permit office and the ranger like i tried to hitchhike with the ranger but apparently that is not allowed in the national parks that is the first time i found that out and he gave me uh not a stern warning but a warning definitely yeah i think that those couple hours when you were trying to figure all this out was when the longest we spent apart from each other in the first like couple months it, of our trip it was it was like two hours it's the crazy part <laughs> um yeah so of course our trip was dominated by this uh big trek this big hike but we did do a couple other things on those days before we dipped into the canyon so some of our highlights we would highly recommend bringing a bike if you can if it's all if it's at all feasible if you're doing a big road trip try to bring bikes because getting around by car on the south room was really frustrating it was there's a lot of traffic fighting for a parking spot everywhere you go um having a bike was so easy to get around they have a huge um, extended bike trail system so you're not really on the roads it's really safe um and there are bike tons of bike racks at all the visitor centers so we could just go from ranger program to ranger program visitor center to museum to you know to overlooks really easily with bikes and we were able to bike along the road to hermit's rest mm -hmm. so you get to the main part the visitor center in the lodge at the south rim and then you know that's as far as your car can go and then there's a road that extends along the rim to hermit's rest and you can jump on a shuttle and go all the way out there uh it's hermit's rest is just basically an outpost uh at the end of this road on the rim or if you don't want to do the shuttle and be with all those people you can have a nice bike ride with yourself and um we really enjoyed that a lot more because it mm -hmm. was at our own pace you know it's a beautiful ride along the rim you can also walk along the rim trail but it's really long so if you're actually going all the way to hermit's rest definitely recommend a bike yeah, we biked one way and took the shuttle back. We just threw our bikes on the shuttle. So it was nice. We got to kind of experience both. And it was more self-paced. So the shuttle does stop at all the little overlooks along the way to Hermit's Rest. But, you know, it was just you had to wait for the shuttle, then everyone get on, then everyone get off. So you're always with crowds, essentially. When we were on our bikes, we weren't with we could avoid the crowds a lot more easily. 
Also, if you're looking for another big, good hike, um, long, good hike, and you don't want to do the really popular corridor trail, check out the trail that leaves from Hermit's Rest. It goes down uh, basically to Hermit's Rapids, uh, Hermit's Rest Rapids, or something like that. Um, It's a nice two, maybe three day, if you want, backpacking trip and a lot less crowded but still really awesome views yeah yeah we really really love the ranger programs also we saw a lot of we saw a sunset hike we saw a a, we went to a program called colors of the grand canyon which was just really awesome the Um, sunsets during our trip yeah i had forgotten this uh but they were incredible i we watched our video to prep for this uh, so, so if you want to see some amazing sunsets and all the great views we got from the rim and inside the canyon we have our grand switchbackkids.com slash grand dash canyon yeah yeah or search just switchback kids grand canyon and you'll find our video where you can see all of our um all of our views from our whole trip and the sunsets and the sunrises man and we actually great nothing beats the grand canyon Oh my gosh. It's the grandest. Yeah. <laughs> we actually did a, a whole post about our rim to rim to rim trek. So, yeah, if so you if want... you want more details, there we put all of the logistics and all of our more specific um, insights into that post. But now, I think we got to give a little time to our park number two that we're talking about today, which is much less popular than the Grand Canyon, much less visited. It's the little-known park in Michigan in Lake Superior, very close to Canada, called Isle Royale. Not Isle Royale, as I still <laughs> mess up and call it. It's Isle Royale. Yeah, if you watch this video that we we just that we published um, with the, all of our views from Isle Royale, Cole says Isle Royale several times, so that's fun noob i'm such a noob even when we were just there yeah for four days yeah so our long hike in isle royal was called was a big one it was it was across the whole length of the island it was 42 miles total one way uh we we didn't have to backtrack which was nice but it was it's 42 miles it's called the greenstone ridge trail and it basically goes along the spine the highest points of the um, of the island. Yeah, in the first day we got there, uh, in the middle of the day, basically, on the ferry, so we didn't have a full day to hike, we landed in Windigo, which is on one end, basically the... The west end. Yeah, it runs kind of diagonally uh, from southwest to northwest, and... Uh, no, southwest to northeast, Started Windigo in the southwest and did about, I don't know, eight, nine miles to Lake DeSore south. And that was our first campground. Yeah. There are a lot of campgrounds, a lot of backcountry campgrounds. And you actually don't plan it until you show up, right? Until you're setting your, your, once you're on the island with the ranger, you've already ferried there, you've already prepared, you've already brought all of your stuff. Um, then you set your permit. So they they usually don't run out of spaces. I'm assuming because they you can camp you can pretty much choose your backcountry campsites based on how much you're willing to hike in a day. And if you want to do a loop, you can do that too from from Rock Harbor. But anyway, so the first day we went from Windigo to Lake DeSource South. Um, the second day we went from Lake Desor South to West Chicken Bone Lake. And then on our third day, we hiked from West Chicken Bone Lake all the way to Rock Harbor Campground Shelter. They were long days. Three, 42 miles in three days is a lot. Yeah, and especially if we only did nine miles at the most the first day. You can imagine right. the last two days were mammoths. Tough. But uh, the thing that made up for it partly was the gorgeous lakeside campgrounds that we got. Mm -hmm. So each uh, 
most campgrounds really are right on different uh, interior lakes on the island. So that was really nice. We were able to set up our hammock. We were able to take a dip after a long, uh, long backpacking trip. Muddy, sweaty, buggy day. Yeah. You know, get some leeches on us. So that was great. It's always a win. My Yeah, I pulled off my first leech after rinsing off at at West Chicken Bone. It was super um, stretchy. I did not expect that, but... You know what they say, leave nothing but footprints, take nothing but leeches. Isn't that the phrase? I think it is. Yeah. So, so clever. I was thinking about that all the time you were talking. What did you say? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Um, so, yeah, terrain-wise, well, let's start with elevation-wise. It's my dream elevation because it was very little elevation gain the whole time. You basically, we climbed almost the whole way up. On, the, on day one, on our shorter day, um, we basically got up onto the ridge. And then once you're up on the ridge, there's really, you can see there's really nothing higher or that you're going to climb to. So you stay pretty steady. There were some definite up, ups and downs, um, but the elevation was very steady. So it wasn't hard. The terrain, though, was tough because it was so muddy um, that we were really slow through the mud because this, we had to constantly work around it or mostly through it because they don't want you to really hike around it because that just deepens that just widens the trail so much so they really want you to try to slug through it um on the rocks and you know things that you can step on to go through the mud um but it's tough it's really tough this trail was maybe the worst condition that we hiked all year i would say definitely the worst condition yeah it it was literally sludge um probably about a good third of the trail (laughs) was literally maybe not maybe less i think not a third i think it just felt a lot longer because it we were so slow going through the mud yeah um and the mosquitoes were rough un real um so yeah if you're going in and that was in june it was in right in the middle of june so consider that if you're shooting for that time frame yeah mad Um, bug spray yes for sure now i will say that if you're not going along the whole greenstone ridge you might be totally fine because near rock harbor on the north end, uh, near Windigo on the southwest, it was pretty ne- pretty nice and pretty, like, good condition. Trail. Right, better. Not as – we loved the views, though, from the top. So yeah. from some of the highest points uh, is really where you get to see, you know, you get to see Lake Superior on both sides. And you get to see some of the big inner um, – interior light lakes on the island from the, some of the high points so that was really 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 cool and it was the the basically the only thing we did on the island we, we hiked from one end to the other and then ferried from rock harbor all the way back to where we started which was grand portage minnesota so that kind of leads us into our logistics um which which you there are some to get there are quite a few to get to isle royal so first of all it's only opened for in the summer and spring it closes so the the park literally closes it's one of the very few parks where you can't access it because the ferry service stops um when lake Lake superior gets cold so it might vary year to year when they stop but i think it's about october right when they essentially may to october may to october and that's the only time they run so definitely plan ahead um you can ferry out of Grand Portage, Minnesota, which is where we were, which is actually the closest access to the island. And it tends to be, if you're nervous about the ferry um, rockiness, Grand Portage is closer and less... Less... Uh, turbulent. Less turbulent, yes. Yeah. The other option is coming from Michigan, the Upper Peninsula. And you can come from Copper Harbor which we were very close to when we were doing our tour of Lake Michigan. Um, 
this earlier this summer, but Copper Harbor and Houghton, Michigan, both take uh, both send ferries yep. to the island, and we ran into a group of people in when we had got to the Rock Harbor side that came in that day on the boat, and they said every single person threw up on their ride over because it was that choppy and so we yeah sounded so like not something i was interested we're in. glad we didn't come from the michigan side but it was also just a windy day i think um our our ferry back because we stayed we hugged the island pretty closely so our ferry back was perfectly fine um it was long and it was rocky at some parts because we were going along the lake um, but it was perfectly fine. So that was that was good. Um, you have to, of course, book the ferry in advance. You also have to pay some. To, you have to pay money to park. You have to pay money for an entrance fee. They don't care about your um, they don't care about your America the Beautiful Pass. You have to pay to get into the park. And then if you have to pay for your um, backpacking permit. Mm, I might be getting that wrong. The backpacking permit actually might be free, right? But there once was... you're on the island, but getting there is is tough. So you have to get through the the um, speed bumps of getting to the island. Once you get to the island, your backpacking permit is actually free. And make sure you're very careful about when you're planning to leave and going to which harbor, and when you're departing, and what times you're taking off from the opposite harbor, especially if you're. Tr- uh, uh, trans, what what am I looking through for? hiking? Through hiking, yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, and ending up at a different harbor than you started. Yes, just there's you got to be careful. Yeah, we also we loved Rock Harbor Campground because we got a shelter there. So they have they actually have these like little wooden structures that are. Um, really nice for us because we didn't have to set up our tent it was it was just like our it was our last day before we had to get up and catch the ferry in the morning and we just got to roll out our roll out our um, sleeping bags inside this little rustic very simple basic shelter but it was a nice break from some of the elements and having to set up our tent mostly yeah i think the third uh night or the third day was definitely my favorite the rock harbor side Mm -hmm. because we were able to hike all along the um, shore for such a long time so if you are just going to one part and you're not um, through hiking the whole island i would go to rock harbor definitely and hike from there because there's just better hikes you can hike right along the lake for a long time there's some good loops too you can hike up to daisy farm which is where we kind of kind of uh turned down to the lake from the ridge um to daisy farm that's kind of on the edge there Um, but then you can loop around back to rock harbor so you can make a lot of different hiking day hiking loops if I was going to do it again, um, I would maybe just base myself in Rock Harbor camp, like establish a campground there, and then just do a several day hikes because there are a lot of different ways you can go. Um, so that might be what I do, what we would do maybe next time. Yeah. Traversing was the word I was looking uh, for. There yes. you go. I'm so glad you found that. <laughs> Anyway, also don't forget to look out for the lighthouses. They're super cute. They're so cute. Oh, they're so <laughs> cute. Uh, we saw them from the ferry on our way back. Uh, we didn't see them any other time, but we did see them from the ferry. That's right. So that's Isle Royal. Yeah, it's a small park. It's it's really unique though. It's it's got moose. It's got wolves. Um, that walked over when Lake Superior froze over. It's a really interesting um, biodiversity on the island. There's just a lot. So I would also suggest going to the visitor center and learning a little bit and maybe just reading a little bit about the island before you get there. I would recommend having a, a topographic map too because if you're if you're going to do a long hike um, because it, it it the trails are very well established. 
but it's a good it would be a good trail to just like kind of <coughs> sorry something in my throat <coughs> yeah it'd be a to good... know the elevation and to know kind mm-hmm. of some of the landmarks and where the campgrounds are because there are so many different campgrounds yeah so <laughs> looks like next we want to share some of our other long hikes in the parks some that we well i guess none that we've really done unfortunately no but in the national parks there are lots of long hikes lots of long backpacking some of the most famous of course the jmt which is 210 miles short for john muir trail john muir trail portion of the pct and it's something that we're gonna do next summer no that this is not an announcement (laughs) this is it's something i want to do next summer it's something cole really wants to do and I don't know if I want to and or not. somebody's squashing my dreams. That's my job. <laughs> anyway, it's through a portion of the most beautiful part of the PCT in the Sierra Nevadas. And it includes Half Dome in Yosemite on one of the terminuses. And then the other one is at Mount Whitney. And it's just the most incredible thing you've ever hiked. <laughs> is it? Yeah. Uh, There's also another very famous, we talked about it earlier, the AT goes through Great Smoky Mountains National Park and Shenandoah National Park from George to Maine. And it's a National Park Service unit on its own. Yes, the National Trail. The only trail that is actually counted Mm -hmm. as a National Park unit. Yep. There's also the Wonderland Trail, which is the 93-mile loop around Mount Rainier, which is all in the park, I believe, right? All within right. Mount Rainier National Park. Gorgeous wildflowers every June-ish. No, August-ish. August. I think like late, late July or maybe August. Okay, yeah, look that part Late up. in the season. In June, there still is very inaccessible. Okay. It snows really late there. Um, there's the Grand Loop in Rocky Mountain, which is like a 40-mile. It's the Continental Divide Trail. Very famous. Um, seems pretty epic. Don't know too much more about it. There's, for a, a different sort of trek, there's the Towpath Trail, which is more for biking, but you can bike one way, you can train, you can take the train back. In Cuyahoga Valley National Park, um, the, the Towpath Trail is a really long, nice, paved, slash packed gravel um, trail. And then there's also the Mini Glacier Loop in Glacier National Park, a a 55-mile loop of just mountain after mountain after mountain, and you are seeing all these incredible glaciers along the way. They just say it is the, the cream of the crop, and it's one of those things where you're seeing these incredible views that you couldn't... Uh, otherwise from any road you know so the only way to get to this incredible stuff is just hiking this 55 mile loop so that is definitely another one i want to do sometime we have lots on our list there's there's and and this is just a drop in the bucket there are so many that are under the radar not as popular Um, do a little research do you know talk to a ranger Get some information about backpacking if you're interested in the national parks. Remember that it takes a little bit more jumping through hoops, um, but it's worth it to follow the rules because following the rules is cool. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) You square. I'm the best square. (laughs) You're my square. Okay. (laughs) Thanks for checking this. (laughs) Squiggle. Thanks for checking us out today on this awkward ending of Switchbacks episode. Uh, We'll be back next week with more National Park inspiration. If you enjoyed this podcast, we'd love for you to share us with a friend, give us a rating on iTunes or SoundCloud, or find us on social media at Switchback Kids. And you can always get additional National Parks videos, posts, guides, and more on our blog at switchbackkids.com. Switchbacks out.
Hello and welcome to Switchbacks, a travel podcast where we reflect on our year visiting all 59 U.S. national parks. Whether you're planning to visit your very first park or you bleed gray and green, we're here to share our insight on exploring <laughs> understanding. <laughs> Stop looking at me. I'm going to start this time. You can start. You're better at starting. Aw, yeah. Just don't look at me. I won't look at you. (laughs) Hello, and welcome to Switchbacks, a travel podcast where we reflect on our year visiting all 59 U.S. national parks. Whether you're (laughs) playing... Hold of yourself. Okay, I'm not going to look at you this time. <laughs> Hello and... 